Welcome back, DJI Multiverse. Uh, this is DJI Mark. Uh, DJI Charlie is coming in remote. Uh, this is issue number 35 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Um, we will be pulling, I guess, three issues off the press today to go over for our hot off the press issue. Um, we will be covering Department of Truth, Something is Killing the Children, and the new Harley Quinn series from Sean Murphy and company um, in the White Knight uh, multiverse. So um, we'll jump right in. We'll go with some news. Um, basically, we got a couple things to cover here. Um some news out of James Tynan's plans for the Batman um, universe moving forward for DC um, starting in 2021. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the new Spider-Man suit that was unveiled this past week. And then also uh, we'll dive right in now to um, apparently we are not following distribution guidelines as we know them as fans. Um, according to a Bleeding Cool uh, article posted um, today, a couple Reddit users have posted um, that they were able to purchase um, Dark Knight Death Metal's number seven, Scott Snyder's finale for his, um, I guess, his multiverse or end of multiverse um, event for the DC Universe, uh, which is supposed to debut next week. Um, but apparently a couple of Reddit users have been able to get their hands on not only that, but also a couple of the first edition future state titles, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, um, Wonder, uh, just to name a few. And, um, basically, uh, according to the article, because, you know, DC Comics left Diamond at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there's now less incentive to maintain street dates for certain books. Um, Lunar Comics distribution is distributing um, DC titles earlier and earlier. So, like, I actually just had a conversation with um, my local comic shop owner, and he actually has the books for next week already. So, I guess because of all the mail delays and you know, basically, you know, issues with, you know, obviously Lunar being a new distribution, you know, company, they basically are losing shipments, like things aren't getting to shops when they're supposed to. So now they're, they're trying, like if they get a book into their warehouse for distribution purposes, they're sending it to the the shops that have ordered it. Um, now, I mean, me as a fan, like if I I can tell you this, my shop's not going to do this. Um, as much as I would want, you know, Randy and Collector's Corner to give me my books a week early, especially on a week like this week where we only had three titles, um, or really four titles from DC, um, I would have loved to have had all my future state books, my end of death metal and all the other good stuff. But obviously, I think there's a way of, you know, doing this business and being a part of this business. And, you know, if you're somebody that's getting these books and like, you know, DC's telling you like, Hey, we don't want to see this book on the shelf till, you know, I don't know, next week. I I think, 
I think it's probably for good reason. I mean, I would assume it's so they don't think, you know, people, spoilers don't get out, you know, because perfect example, Lunar sent my shop some books, those books early, these shops, the books early. My shop didn't give those books out, didn't put those books out on the shelf, right? They didn't move that product this week. So now this person that's online on Reddit that's sharing their views and opinions on this book, which are absolutely trash, by the way, so you're not, you're not missing anything by reading this review um, because they haven't read 90% of the, the material necessary to make Dark Knight's death metals work um, as far as a storyline. So, but they're out here providing spoilers and they're providing spoilers for the last couple pages um, for death metals, which gives you your, you know, your lead way into future state, which I think if I was DC with this being a slower week, I understand it's a holiday, but I think it would have probably been better off putting death metal seven this week, especially if it was ready to go than next week. Cause you would have finished it off in the new year, you know, before the new year. But um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, the the industry is in flux right now as far as distribution with them, everybody going away from Diamond and doing the crazy stuff that they're doing as far as DC and publishing is going. Um, my store has been hit by it. I've had a couple books that have been delayed because of shipments and things like that. Obviously, the the mail service is behind, but um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I like the idea of certain shop because because what this is going to lead to is it's going to lead to ultimately all shops doing this. Basically, as soon as yeah. they as soon as they get a book, they put it out because they don't want you know it's 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 basically like a gas station effect. You know, you have two gas right. stations on on opposite corners competing with one another. When one drops their 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 gas by two cents, the other one drops it by three and then four, and then they both kind of come to this agreement like, well, we can't keep out pricing each other. You know what I mean? So like right. it, at some point like the the price is going to become fixed no matter what because they're not going to budge off of it. And right. same thing could be said about putting out titles like how how soon is too soon? Like are we waiting forever? Are we waiting a little bit? Like are we putting them out when they're supposed to be versus a week earlier? Because like you said, you know, there it's getting earlier and earlier and earlier. Some shops are getting books as early as 3 to 4 weeks ahead of time. Um yeah. But I, I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I want shops to make money, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's one of those things like, no, they're they're supposed to come out on a certain date. And and and, and what I'm looking at here is like, let's just say there is a, a distribution hold up or issue or whatever. So yeah, they go ahead and they release a book that's three weeks early, right? But yep. then you know, hold up, you're waiting six weeks for the next book to come. In versus, you know, okay, you have this one, you, you wait until it actually comes, it's supposed to come out and you're not waiting as far in between books. I, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the right answer is, but. Um, and it's really tough too, because like you, like what you just pointed out, like say my shop, your shop gets a book two weeks early, puts it out. And then my shop hits like a snag somewhere along the lines and my book gets delayed a week. And like, we can do our best to avoid spoilers. You know what I mean? Like, it's not easy to do that, especially nowadays with, with social media. But, like, you end up, you know, getting a book spoiled that you've been waiting. Like, I would hate for, like, the ending of Three Jokers to be spoiled. You know, other than, you know, obviously people do their best to try to do it. <laughs> 
but it's just one of those things where you're, you're, you're kind of more frustrated, you know, in the sense that like, you're like, well, this could have been avoided if they just sent the books out the week before, you know, the week of when it's supposed to come out, like they've always done. Um, but yeah, like Charlie said, there's really no right or wrong answer. I'm sure there's a bunch of fans out here, like whatever, man, just give me my books, which is fine. I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, if that's how you, you go about doing your thing, cool. Um, yeah, then another article on Bleeding Cool. Um, obviously, we're big James Tynan um, fans. Um, he has a three-year um, plan for Batman. Tom King had a four-year plan, but only got three in a bit. James, James is settling for a little bit less. Uh, that's what the headline for um, um, this Bleeding Cool article, uh, telling readers of his basically... In his his weekly newsletter, James pens to his fans. You can sign up for it um, through his website. Um, basically, they wanted to build a exciting era in Gotham City where, like, things are a little bit more like grandiose. Like, things are more interconnected. Things are, like because like that was the one thing I think about Joker War that like we we kind of dove into a little bit better and a little bit deeper than um, we have with other books is that there were so many interconnecting character lines like you know in nightwing you were getting collateral you were getting it in batgirl red hood you know detective and so like the character arcs were all connecting within this all these series which is kind of a pain in the ass if you don't read all those books which i understand but i think it's a good idea though too to at some point to have you know when you have supporting characters like no offense dick grayson can only keep me captivated for so long you know what I mean? Like he kind of has right. to be pulled into a Batman story for him to stay super compelling over a longer period of time. Um, same definitely can be said for, for Barbara. I hate to say this red hood's probably the most compelling out of all of them because he, he has that ability to go between good guy and bad guy. Um, but um, so basically, you know, we, we, we both kind of panned and complained that, you know, the issue we had with Joker War was the ending, how kind of anticlimactic it was because it kind of just continued the status quo of Joker getting away and Batman kind of dealing with the fallout of all the stuff that happened during that time period. Um, but it sounds like, you know, now obviously we know we're getting from James, um, we're getting Batman obviously over the next year, Joker over the next year, which is a standalone title. You're also getting Detective Comics, not written by James, Nightwing, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Batman, Superman, Robin, and then um, Punchline. So, like, you're getting, um, they're like one-shots and off-series, mini-series, things like that. Um, then you're also getting Red Hood, Grifter, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and then The Outsiders. Um, so you're getting, like, 10 or 12 books that all in all will all kind of in some way shape or character make the batman series click a little bit more um but he he basically said his inspiration was the x-men books that are currently going on right now that are immensely popular where you have all like you have like 10 different x-men series going on but they all tie into one another um and it's kind of like a a, a, a giant web so to speak 
for somebody like me who reads all those books, it's not a big deal. For somebody who was probably a fan of like the the standalone Catwoman series or Red Hood or Nightwing or whatever, for you it might be a little a little crappy because you're not going to understand some of the stuff that might actually be happening now in your books because you're going to have to read Batman if you weren't reading it. Um, but it says, basically he says at the end of his, his newsletter, at the end of the three year road, if everything works out, the Batman and Joker threads will slam together again. And as we draw to close to a bunch of the threads of this era, I see whether I can finally get the key piece that I pitched at DC last summer and then ride off into the sunset. So clearly he pitched something to DC last year that made DC jump at allowing him to do what he wants to do, because it looks like he's kind of ushering in the next era of Batman, um, which I'm okay with. Um, I think he, he did a good enough job with Joker war to get us interested. And now that I see something like this, that's coming out and saying that basically he's going to write a three year esque or year year long esque, you know, web of stories between all these titles. And basically it's going to culminate in another Batman Joker showdown. And maybe we finally, you know what I mean? Obviously we don't know what that means. It could be just another letdown. No offense. Not that saying that the book in of itself was a letdown. Just the idea of Joker and Batman finally going at it with one another was kind of the thing that we were looking for. I think, I mean, you, you, you pointed that out when we did the, the review for it. Like was that, you know, you were expecting, to get something that we didn't end up getting, obviously. Right. Um, Uh, You know, uh, for me, uh, I'm going to run with it. You know, a story is better than no story, right? So we'll we'll see where it goes. And if it's good, you know, we'll let people know it's good. If it's not, then we we have no problem, uh, you know, letting people know when when stuff's bad. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're going to be, Talking about two James Tynan books today, his independent title, Something is Killing the Children, and The Department of Truth, both of which are very horror-based. James actually writes and publishes a cult horror magazine. And, you know, he, he does a lot, he's, he's heavy into that genre, obviously outside of DC. Um, and he was actually quoted saying that his Joker story will be the scariest comic he's written for DC. So we might actually get a more adult oriented Joker series, which I think would be pretty cool to see. Um, and like I said, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of usually of, of standalone villain series. And the last time the Joker had a standalone series, it wasn't immensely popular, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's Joker. Um, he, he can only do so wrong with that. And James is obviously has written the character well to this point. Um, and then I guess to wrap up our news for the week, the only other, I guess, big news story out of the comic book community is Spider-Man's new suit. Um, Marvel Marvel pulled a DC and announced that they were going to do this suit and then like they were like teasing it basically they weren't telling you much about it they didn't say they just said Spider-Man's going to get a new suit in 2021 and then like what three days later two days later they came out and released the actual suit like I'm like why are we doing this shit like and it's the same shit that DC did with Batman and I I ranted about two weeks ago but like why why are we doing this yeah it's it it makes no sense first of all you hype up this suit and you say hey he's getting this cool new suit for the new adventures you know the new adventure for spider-man okay fine 
let's see where this is going to go. Maybe it'll be really cool. And instead of waiting, and, you know, chances are you and I probably weren't going to be picking up the book, but we still follow what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Uh, we know, like, Ambrosia, she's going to pick it up. Yeah. Right? Um, but then it's like, yeah, because we keep our, our, our finger on the pulse as far as what's going on, and we see, like, oh, so they released the, uh, they released the images. Let's see what this new suit's going to look like. And, uh, yeah, man, not impressed. Yeah, not no. Impressed, but. So obviously, I just I just finished up um, Spider Man the video game on PS Five, uh, the main campaign. I'm you know 100, literally 100 percent on that portion. I'm, I have all the downloadable content still to finish up. But like that game's like purpose is you know obviously is to beat the game, finish the story, whatever. But like you find yourself running around a city doing all these challenges, doing all this stuff because you want to collect tokens and collect the things that you need in order to purchase additional suits. And that game, I'm, I mean, he has like 35 suits, I think, 40-something suits maybe. Um, but the point I'm making is is even the Marvel, like even the, like the, the Spider-Man, the video game suit, like with the, the giant white spider is a better looking suit than the one that they just displayed they just debuted that's coming in 2021 yeah. like there's so many better suit options that they could have went with like shit he could have debuted a suit that looks like tom holland's suit in in the multi in the mcu and fans would have enjoyed that but like you know people are like oh i love it you know i can't you know you know, it's so different it, you know i would be i would be tired of wearing the same suit for 40 years and you're like Nah, man, that's just not how this works. Like, you can change Batman a little bit, right? You can change, like, like the, the bat symbol, or, like, you can change him from blue to black, or black to gray, or gray to blue. Like, you can do, like, those little subtle things that, that fit within the realm of the character. But when you take, like, bat, like, no offense, like, because this goes back to James, the, the suit that Alfred designed for Batman, the the chrome suit, like, that was so, like, George Clooney, you know, Mr. Freeze battle level suit. You're like, that's just not Batman. And don't get me wrong, Batman has, like, white suits for when he's in the snow or he has, you know, jungle camo suits when he's in, in, in the safari, whatever. But they have a tactical purpose. Like, I couldn't... Right, it's I, not his everyday... Yeah. It's not his everyday costume. I couldn't tell you what the... The tactical, obviously, Spider-Man's tactical purpose for a suit like that. I'm assuming if it's armor is to protect him, that makes sense. But it's such a far cry. Like the the color scheme's completely different. Well, that's and that I think that's what I I hate about it the most. Yeah, it's like you know, Spider-Man is is red and blue, right? When you think Spider-Man, that's what you think. And this is like white and like this really dark, dark blue, and looks like orange mixed in it and it's just it's not spider-man it doesn't scream spider-man to me no it's like i'm looking at it right i'm looking at it right now like i don't i mean i'm color deficient but if i'm not mistaken i don't even think there's any red in the suit yeah like like, there's just certain colors you hold this up to to any of our kids you you go which one of these is spider-man you hold up the, you know, the classic suit and you hold up this new one. 
they will not even think that the other one is Spider-Man. But it is somebody completely different. My problem is, is he looks so alien that he almost like he almost looks like a bad guy. And like obviously yeah. we're commenting on a series that we have no idea what's going on in the midst of it. So I hate to be that person. But I know what Spider-Man looks like, and it doesn't make sense to me because, like, are, are we going to claim that this is a Tony Stark suit? Because I see in the background of sixty of issue number sixty-three of the cover, you have Tony Stark or Stark Industries across the back of a building, either on like a jumbotron or something like that. Are we going to play the game that that this Spider-Man suit, as some way or shape or form, is given to him? Um. Basic, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. But hey, you know what? We'll, we'll maybe the story is good, but based off what we've seen, uh, of the uh, you know, and saying don't judge a book by its cover, but it's hard because you know <laughs> what you're looking at is, is kind of important for comic books. So. Yeah, and it's one of those things like they put. You know, I'm almost kind of glad that they didn't like they didn't do with DC because DC waited like almost a month before they ruined the new Batman reveal. Like I'm almost kind of glad Marvel didn't do this because I probably would have like been excited for this and told like my shop, "Hey, put that book in my box. Like I'm interested, you know, to pick it up." But I have zero, zero, uh, um. <laughs> interested in this now and it's sad because like i said i've been trying to get back into marvel stuff and i'm really enjoying the um iron man series that they have right now it's on book four or five but i think i'm enjoying that because it's the same team that worked on um the most recent incredible hulk storyline so and apparently that book is sold like hotcakes and it's super popular so we'll see. I don't know, man. At some point, I'm hoping they reboot Spider-Man and start him back over and I can jump in and, you know, start. Because I would love to read a Spider-Man book. Like, there's like 17 of them, but who knows. Um, but that kind of wraps up our, our news portion of today's programming. Um, there wasn't really much, I mean, in way of news coming out. Um Obviously, we're, we're we're waiting. I think next week's um, hot off the press issue will be a much bigger news um, issue for us because obviously all of future state will be pretty much by that point will be out. I think we're we'll, we'll at least the first wave of future state will be out, and we obviously also get the end of death metal. Um, but with that being said, let's move on to uh, our first dive of the week. And pull this Harley Quinn series off the press. Um, so, based out of the Batman White Knight universe, presented by Sean Murphy and company in the DC Black Label, uh, comes the Harley Quinn book. And I don't know, have you read White Knight at all? No, I have not. Okay. So, obviously, you got White Knight and then the Curse of um, the Curse of the White Knight, I believe, was a second series. Um the first series was incredible. Um, Batman versus basically Batman versus Joker, but Joker is cured. So he's just Jack Napier. And um, Harley Quinn obviously is working with Joker because she basically 
you know, she got through to him and cured him. And basically he's now running for like mayor and he's trying to clean up like the, the crappy parts of Gotham and basically expose that like Gotham is the way it is because Batman exists. Basically Batman's like the homing beacon for crazy. And because he's there, he invites that type of person in. And then basically throughout the whole series, it's basically Gotham verse Batman um, the GCPD basically says, you know, if Batman wants to keep doing what he's doing, then he needs to work for us. And like Barbara and Dick both join the GCPD and it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's a whole bunch of like, basically it makes Bruce into the bad guy, <clears throat> but Bruce's whole run in that first series is basically trying to prove that Jack Napier is still the Joker. He's just playing a game where he's doing what the Joker always does. Um, ultimately that kind of is what ends up happening. Um, basically Jack ends up, you know, turning on, turns back into the Joker at the end of it. And basically Batman is kind of proven right. So, um, that's the end of like the first run. And then the second run you get, um, the second run you get, uh, Batman versus Ariel basically, which was, just kind of like a rehash of night um of nightfall basically where batman has to take down azariel and at the end of it batman turns himself in reveals that he's bruce wayne does all that other stuff and now he is imprisoned in um arkham and the gcpd um is out now basically working the streets without batman essentially um but yeah, I mean, it obviously the first series was critically was renowned, like people absolutely loved it. Um and it's one of the most successful series in um recent history for DC. Um to the point that people have been asking Sean Murphy for like basically a Batman run in one way shape or form. Um but this Harley Quinn series picks up off the heels of um, the sequel, um, the curse of the white knight. And honestly, it's actually pretty good. I'm not a big fan of Harley Quinn, but the way Sean Murphy has written her, basically she's not crazy in, in, in this universe. She's had two kids with, with Joker. Um, and she's now working as like a liaison for the GTO, which is the Gotham terrorist oppression unit. Um, and she is, sorry, I'm being interrupted by, uh, little ears over here. Um, so, you know, she's basically, she's been recruited to be basically their, their liaison to, to help investigate, you know, the criminally insane and so on and so forth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Batman's in jail, Bruce is in jail. Um, and it's following Harley Quinn through this investigation of basically a, they're basically killing off old movie stars throughout Gotham. And she's trying to figure out who is doing this. And it, it harkens back to a lot of like the stuff like from her past and basically, you know, her infatuation with the Joker and what led her to where she is now. 
Um, but this last issue was actually pretty good. Issue number three. Um, it reveals so she's working. She's working more um, closely with a FBI agent who is also kind of like a behavioral an analyst, I guess, and he's working this case with her. And you had um, a great ghost, basically, cameo in issues two and three. Um, and he basically goes toe-to-toe with this black-and-white-looking actress, um, bad guy, and, you know, he is able to sh- fend her off, shake her off, and survive. Um, but she... Um, like I said, she's working with this this agent, and he basically is... We find out by the end of the issue that he's basically madly in love with, or, or obsessed, I should say, um, with um, Harley Quinn. And we find that out via his mother, who is a suspect in the crime, but obviously she, you know, by the time we, I think we hit the end of issue number three, it's pretty apparent that she is not the person. Um, but it actually turns out, I, I can't, I mean, did you read issue three? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got through three. So did you, did, did you get the same feeling that the FBI agent is actually the bad guy or were you kind of confused like I was in the sense that like, is it just the woman is it is it Hector that's the bad guy, or is it the woman in the closet is just a bad guy who's like waiting to ambush them? Yeah, I I got the feeling that it's, it's Hector. Uh, like I had to read it, and reread it, and then like go back through and read it again. Yeah, like um, like that's what I was thinking. Like Hector is basically playing a cross dresser bad guy in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, which I, I mean, I don't care. It makes sense. Obviously his mother is, was known for being a bolo thrower. Um, so maybe that was like a talent or a, a thing that he picked up along the way. Um, he always wanted to be a movie star, but obviously couldn't. And he's obsessed with Harley Quinn. So it kind of makes sense because the character looks very similar to Harley Quinn. Um, you know, and obviously his mother worked during a time where films were shot in black and white. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I love this style. I love the art. Um, Sean Murphy's covers for all the stuff he's done for this stuff has been great. Um, this is definitely like his own little universe though. And they've done a really good job of keeping it contained within black label. Um, so I'm, like I said, I usually I'm not a big fan of Harley Quinn series. I, I like the criminal and uh, criminal sanity series that they're doing right now through Black Label with her, but like her normal standalone stuff, I'm just not a fan of. But like obviously with this one, though, I mean it's 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 a significantly different feeling than the normal Harley Quinn book. She's a lot more intellectually, like <laughs> she's not as broken in this, I think, as she is in the other books where like she's either super yeah. crazy, super depressed, super suicide, uh, homicidal. Like in this, like she's a mother, she's got two kids. She's, you know, trying to stay on the straight and narrow, but she has enough of that bad in her still that like she can handle herself. Um, but obviously with, you know, without reading the, the other series, there's some holes that you got to fill in with this series because obviously, you know, 
why isn't Batman here? Why isn't, you know, where's the rest of the Bat family if Batman is in jail? Like, and like, they haven't really dove into that much. Um, the GTO, obviously the, the terrorist, um, thing that they put together in the first two series is still operating because that's, um, with Duke and that's their version of Duke Williams too, which is interesting because we all know Duke as the sim, um, symbol in the normal Batman series. But obviously in this one, he's kind of like, you know, an operative for the GCPD. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I like the gray ghost, um, cameo. I don't know if we'll get more from him moving forward in this series, but like, obviously he's a big, um, Batman, the animated series guy, um, or character, I should say. And obviously gets a lot of love in, in the animated series, but it was cool to see him in this series. And obviously he's much older and they make, you know, they make the joke of like, you know, she, you know, she's like, you know, he moves pretty fast for an old man kind of thing. And like they asked, she asked him like, who, who taught you to get out of those knots? And basically he says, you know, Batman taught me a thing or two. So it was pretty cool right. to see that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a good series. I'm enjoying it. But like, like I said, if you haven't read White Knight or The Curse of White Knight, you're you're gonna get a little lost, I think, doing it or reading it. But I, I still think it's worth it's it's worth a read. Well, I was able to. I mean, I was able to figure out. You know, um, when they started referencing Jack, I was able to figure that out based off the context. Like it wasn't that that hard. It was just. You know, going back through, um, especially this last issue, and like trying to figure out like what was what was actually happening. But it was fun. It was it was a fine read. Yeah, and like I said, it's it, it's tough because you know Napier ends up basically ends up dying um, within the first two books, so she's just going back now. And basically reliving like memories of like her chasing the Joker throughout this series, um, or this portion of the series. But like I said, there I'm interested to see where they go with this. I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of of Sean Murphy's work. Um, we just thought we would give a little brief summary of what's going on in this series, and I would assume at some point in time, Batman's going to get out of jail. Uh, or Bruce is going to get out of jail and help. So don't be surprised if you see that and probably what, like the next, I don't know, probably, probably next two or three issues, because I think it's going to get out of hand, like the character basically. And they haven't, they didn't reveal who the guy is. that's helping Hector. If that is Hector dressed as the bad guy um, to this point. So I think we get his, we'll get his reveal Probably next issue, in issue number four, and then um, past that, we'll uh, we'll probably see a little bit more come out of it. Um, but all right, let's move off of that. Um, let's move into something me and Charlie both can can dive into. Do you want to do Department of Truth first, or something's killing the children? Uh, let's uh, let's do uh, something's killing the children. All righty. So number thirteen for something is killing the children. Um, God, it's still good. I mean, like the next two books, we're gonna we're you're gonna get a little bit more energy out of us. Uh, I know we sound kind of sluggish today, but um, you know, <laughs> the way he writes 
these books, both of them, Department of Truth and Something is Killing the Children, he just makes you want, like, each page that you turn, you want to read the next page. You know what I mean? Like, there's an urge to get to the next page to see what's going to happen. Um, so Something's Killing the Children, it picks right up off of where um, the last issue where um, basically the, what are they calling themselves? What do they call themselves? Um, the society or whatever. What do the bad guys call themselves? Or the, I guess the good guys. <laughs> um, spiral. Uh, no, Spiral out of control. I hate when a book doesn't doesn't like, you know, whatever. The the old dragon has sent his his henchmen basically to pick up, you know, um and and, and basically kill everybody in the town. Like that's that's what they're there right. for now. So right. um it it's interesting because the first I wouldn't say probably what, is it five pages, six pages? It's just, it's just slaughter, man. It's them come, basically them taking out a couple of the the monsters. Because you got to remember, the monsters that are are preying on the people at the gym right now are just the babies. Um, right. I, I guess the, the 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 big monster is still alive in the woods, um, and they. Um, they're basically taking all these monster, the the baby monsters out in the parking lot, and they obviously are trying to get into the gym. But the people in the gym know that the people that are outside are not there to help them. Um, they there there's some question of whether or not they are, and people are like, well, they're with, you know, they're with her, like they can't be that bad. Um. You know they're with they're like he says they're like Erica they're her people, and then the one guy points out he's like well it doesn't seem like Erica liked her people very much, <laughs> so like right. like that that just goes to show you like we're in like a twisted state where like Erica James and uh, Beyond are trying to get away from you know the the not only these creatures at this point. But they're trying to get away from, you know, Erica's cohorts as well. Um, and they're trying to send Erica back to Chicago to deal with the, dra- you know, the old dragon. He wants to speak with her because she basically, you know, she I don't want to say she's disobeyed him, but she's obviously made a, a quite a mess of this whole situation. Like you have an entire town that is now aware that there's monsters out there. Um uh, like I said, I thought this one was just as good. I guess James's character is bleeding from his stomach because of his wounds from the previous issues that he was in the hospital for. Is that is that am I correct on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's still hurting, and they're just trying to, I guess, as far away from everybody as they can. Yeah. And obviously, she's um, she's trying to get James back to his house. Um, I guess she's trying to set up shop there, but in the midst of doing all of that, the group of, uh, basically assassins that are at the gym actually are able to infiltrate the gym. 
Um, the order is what they are, they are called. So the order, you know, the order is in town now. And basically they know that, you know, she know Erica understands that because the order is there, basically everybody in the town is a target now because they're going to take out the monsters, but they're also going to take out the townspeople because they can't allow the townspeople to spread, you know, the story of the order because then it kind of takes away that level of secrecy that monsters exist and there's people out there that their early sole purpose is to take care of the monsters. Um, and at the end of issue seven or issue 13, um, Erica puts down her little stuffed toy that she has, um, you know, the, the little octopus that her mom, I guess she has a monster trapped in there. And basically she tells him it's time for, you know, him to come out and basically handle this problem for them. And that was kind of the cliffhanger of issue 13. Um, like we were saying earlier when we were talking about James and how well he's, it's still, I mean, the book is good. The cliffhanger at the end, you're finally getting the reveal of what monster she's, she has trapped in that, um, you know, in that octopus basically. And it's like a very soft reveal. So obviously that's going to probably be your splash panel in the first couple pages of issue number 14 but i would assume you know that'll play obviously a much bigger role moving forward as well um but yeah i mean i enjoyed it i mean what are your what are your thoughts on it so i enjoyed it um you know it was it was good to pick that book back up and um you know, move back into the story. Uh, it took me a second to kind of get my bearing back because it's been a minute since issue 12. Um, but you know, you start going through it and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember where we're at. And, uh, you know, they, they did a good job of bringing me back in, especially with that, uh, with that last, uh, that last panel, um, to kind of get you expended for, for the next thing, because, uh, now the monster has revealed itself. To everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, my question, so, um, I, I guess my, okay. my big question moving forward is, is does Erica, like with the assist of the monster inside of her, her octopus or whatever the thing is, and this is the right. craziest sounding story we're going to tell all day. Um, and we're actually really not because Department of Truth gets pretty wild too. So, <laughs> you know, when she reveals this, mon- like, is this a once in for all is this like a once and for all thing? Like she's going to take out the order as well, because I'm assuming the order sent a majority of their, their soldiers to, to handle this problem. Or, or is this, Um, or is this like, she's just bringing her monster out to deal with the current monster, the monster situation to clean it up basically. Oh, I I think what's going to end up happening, you know, um, kind of speculating is that the monster's going to help her, you know, wipe out whatever's going on, but in the process also probably take out a good portion of, uh, of the, uh, the order. The, yeah. The order, uh, and, and take them out. <laughs> yeah. In the, you know, so I'm, like I said, kind of like, like a collateral. No, I don't actually, I don't even want to say it's going to be collateral damage. I think it's going to be done on purpose. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, 
obviously, you know, we're, we're invested in this series. We think it's great. Um, it continues to get high, high grades and high remarks throughout the internet. Uh, I haven't read a review yet for it, any issue. And I went back and read some of the first, obviously we read one through, I read one through six and then gave to Charlie to read as well. But even reading those reviews, there really, there's never been a bad review. Like not even talking about like the pace of the story or nothing like, like this story is moving along, right? At the clip, it should move, at least in my opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously if you're not reading it, you should be getting your, uh, your collected edition volume two is already out. We should be getting three, I would assume probably around March, maybe March, maybe April. So if you're trying to get all three to get caught up, I mean, by then it'll be what issues 11 through 15, probably 11 through 16. Cause that's about what they're doing on there. But yeah, like I said, it's a great book. Um, still has that feeling like I'm just, you know, I'm I'm waiting for a Netflix, a Hulu, or maybe not Hulu because Disney owns Hulu and they're they're not real big right now into the horror stuff. But like, you know, I could see Amazon Prime. Hey, Amazon Prime seems to be the place of independent comic book stuff at this point. You know, you're you're gonna get the Invincible animated show. We have the boys. Like I said, if James keeps up this, something is killing children. I'd assume by issue 25, you'll probably have a better idea of like a first season story arc for a television show. And you could probably see, you know, something being brought to order as a result. But we'll see. Um, All right. Well, let's get into issue number four of Department of Truth. What do you think of this one? You know how I feel about uh, politics entering my my world of entertainment, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, out of uh, all right, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that piece after caveating that out of it, and uh, the story was fine. You know. Um, I, you know, it, 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 it fits along with what Department of Truth has done so far. Um, but God damn it. Do I hate politics entering my world of entertainment? <laughs> but you know, though, the shit that they were picking is so, it's so funny, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hysterical of like, so what, uh, Perfect example. So when they when they go into the envelopes and they talk about each individual envelope of news that was in it, and like I was reading it and I'm like, son of a bitch! Like you know, obviously they talk about changing Obama's birth location. Then they talk about um, this guy Dulles and George Bush meeting in Houston before he runs for political office for the first time, talking about George um, H. W. Bush. And then the third one about them pulling aside a young Bill Clinton when he's a, when he's a teenage boy in the sixties, when he makes a visit to the white house, basically, and basically showing like the last, and it goes on that pattern all the way up, basically talking about nine 11 and needing to create a new hysteria in the early two thousands. Um, then it's, it talks about what talks about the Jeffrey Epstein 
and like his relationship with the Clintons and then like his eventual, you know, you know, the deals made between Clinton, Barack, or Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and unarmed, unnamed members of the deep state that allowed Barack Obama to get the presidency, but then ultimately to get, you know, the only reason he got it was so Hillary Clinton could win it, you know, in 2016, which obviously we know she didn't, in at least in real life. And then the 12th envelope was the confession of Jeffrey Epstein, basically to everything that was being said there. So, like, you know, I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of politics in my comics, right? But I think we kind of knew Department of Truth, especially after the first issues or two, at some point, modern politics were going to come into play, right? Like, we knew that was probably going to be a thing. But goddamn, do they do a good job of, like, not... Like, in my opinion, reading the book and knowing who James Tynan is, the the author of the book, he is writing this book so non-politically biased, it's unbelievable to me. Especially after following this person on Twitter and knowing where he stands politically a lot because he, he does share his opinions. But, like, I'm reading this book and I'm like, this is like every right wing nut jobs, you know, dream of like everything they've ever believed to be true basically is true. And the department of truth job is to make sure that, that that doesn't come out into light. And if they, he's like, you know, I can prove it. What's he say? I can prove it six ways to Sunday. Right. Isn't that what he says when they're talking about Obama's uh, birth certificate? You know, it doesn't matter to them if I can prove it six ways to Sunday, you know, they're not going to listen to me. Um, right. But like, it's just funny because you're like, he, he's not fucking telling, he's not telling a lie. <laughs> like, like we, we could sit here every day. We get the, you know, every other day there's a, you know, I don't know. There's a different, there's a different new conspiracy theory that comes out right in the world. And you'd be like, well, that just doesn't fundamentally make sense because of this, that, and the third, and this is the facts and this is the research. And then there's still that person's like, well, I don't give a shit. Cause my eighth cousin that's twice removed told and you're like, okay, man, I'm done having this fucking conversation, this conversation with you. Right. Well, clearly if it's on the internet, it's true. So. <laughs> but yeah, it says it doesn't matter to you that you or I can disprove that theory way, uh, six ways to Sunday. But like, basically, you know, there is, there's people out there. And like he says, you know, so the theory would rest on the idea that presidents aren't elected. They are chosen. And with Dulles in the lead, that fingers the military industrial complex. Theory starts it with the mother of all conspiracies, the military, military industrial complex killed JFK for being not for not being pliable enough and then made sure his successor would be. So basically this whole series is, is a kickoff, the kickoff point for department of truth, or at least at, at the very least what in the book is saying, like all this, like conspiracy is the death of JFK. Because they're saying up until JFK, all the presidents could be picked, they could be chosen, and they could be molded, and they could be put into the position of power and used as, you know, some sort of authority, right? But now they're saying that JFK was assassinated because he wouldn't do those things. And that's, and then everything that's happened since his assassination has been planned and prodded 
and moved forward by the military industrial complex and the people in charge of it, essentially. Um, but obviously, like you said, you know, with politics being what it is, but you know, the department of truth is watching basically an editor and a writer from the Washington post who have gotten these letters, those envelopes with, like I said, you know, Obama's, you know, original, you know, basically all these orders to be done in order to set up the past 60 years of political, you know, history. And he comes in and basically they, they bring the department of truth brings the editor and the writer in and towards the end of the book or this issue, um, our main character, I always forget his name cause they don't ever use it in the book. Um, what's his name? Do you know his name? You usually are pretty good with names. I am completely. It's it's something simple too. It's probably like something Cole. like Steve or Cole. Game. <laughs> yeah, it's Cole. So yeah, so basically, Cole. they they tell Cole, you have two options. You can kill these people when they walk in the room. They give them a, a gun with a silencer. You can kill these two people. Or you can allow them to expose every, or they don't want to expose the truth, the editor and the writer. That's what they were saying. They're like, we don't want to publish this. You know what I mean? We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to crack this egg basically. But the Department of Truth is under the, the belief that if you allow somebody to, the, the, to live and have this information, they're going to get drunk. They're going to be at a bar and they're going to say something that they regret or they're going to wait, you know, in five years, it's going to weigh on their conscience and they're going to publish it. It's, it's a liability. It's just like, yeah. um, what I always, what I always tell people, you know, um, back doing the law enforcement thing, you know, you start doing investigations and stuff and you're like, you know where you went wrong? You included other people. I was like, the second yeah. you include somebody else, you've already created a liability for yep. yourself. So, so they bring these two guys in at the end of the, this, this issue and basically it's Cole and them too. And he's like, you know, we have no intentions of publishing this stuff, but we just want to know that you're the good guys, right? Talking about the department of truth. And as he says that Cole obviously raises the, the pistol and says, you know, I like to think so. And he shoots both of them. So Cole though was kind of guilted into doing this um, basically murder because he wanted to investigate the star man from issue number two, um, which me and you talked about. We were like, you know, we were super interested in that story because we thought that was, you know, the kind of weird we wanted to get into. But now it makes sense. Like they unwrapped just enough of his subconscious, just enough about him that they know he's now hooked on them, right? He wants to know more about Star, the Star, Starman killer. So knowing that, they know they can get him to do whatever because they have him believing all this other stuff is occurring, right? That, you know, all this conspiracy theory stuff is absolutely true, but we can't let people know it's true. So it's interesting to see how, like, you know, because we didn't get a lot of politics. You know, obviously the first book was, you know, hey, JFK's assass you know, assassination was planned, 
rigged, you know, the earth is actually flat. And they had all this like other like scientific, you know, conspiracy. And then the second one was like, basically like, not really political, but like, you know, there's, there's basically this serial killer going around eating babies and tormenting children. And, you know, we were been told it, it, it's nothing. And we got a little more political on issue number three with the school shooting and the, you know, the cover up and so on and so forth. But then obviously this issue went full political spectrum on us, which, right. which I'm not against, but I think it was interesting to see them use that it, to get Cole to do something that clearly three issues ago, Cole would never have done. Right. You know what I mean? So. And, and he, like you said, he did it kind of reluctantly, but I also got the feeling that like he didn't, he didn't have a problem doing it. No, he did. I guess like he, he thought as the, the end justifies the means. Yes. Because like, you know, and that was another thing. They didn't really like, they don't really justify in the book, like any of these issues, like when, when certain conspiracies come up, unless obviously they're blatantly proven true. So like the flat earth thing, like when they land at the end of the earth, you're like, Oh, well, holy shit. I guess the earth is flat in this, you know, at least in this, this world, right? Like they're proving that this theory is correct, but then you find out that, it's not necessarily the theory that is correct. It's just that people believe it so much that it's, it's become fruition. It, it's, it's become a thing. You know what I mean? It's become actual reality. Um, but my point like I'm making is, is like, you're now like, like, like all that political satire that was written, right? You know, Obama's birth location being changed and this, that, and third being changed or this, that, you know what I mean? Like when all that was done, like, they didn't really confirm or deny if any of that was actually true. You know what I mean? They just basically come out and say this type of information can't make its way to the public. And it'll even be teased to be accurate. You know what I mean? Like, or be true. Because it's going to, you know, cause a, a, you know, an absolute uproar that the last 60 years of politics have been predetermined. So, like, that's one thing that this book consistently does pretty well is it brings up all these, like, real-life conspiracies. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of, like, everything that they brought up in that that issue was all things that at some point in time people have all thought about, right? Or you've heard somebody say, like, oh, 9-11 was planned. Or, you know, Obama's not from, you know, Obama wasn't born in America. He was born here. Like, all that stuff that they, they covered in that issue, you're like, yeah, I've heard somebody say that before, but they don't actually talk about whether or not those theories are true or not. They just talk about how those theories can't be, cannot be dissimulated with an ounce of the belief that it's true because, you know, that's where, you know, bad things tend to come from. Um, like I said, Department of Truth is still, I mean, same thing we said with Something's Killing the Children. It's still... In my opinion, it's still just as good through four issues as it was in the first. But like somebody said the other day, you know, they we I was reading department they they read it or at least they read issue number three um, online, and we both had the conversation. And I said, you know, I it's one of those rabbit holes like we're falling in deeper, deeper, deeper. Like at some point, like we're gonna step back and look and be like, I can't believe I just read that like that whole series or like that whole run or whatever. 
just because it's so out there. Like everything they're doing is out there. But I'm hoping we get back to the Starman Killer story um, next issue. Like if they give us maybe one, or, give us like one or two issues of that, and then you can get back into like your political stuff for like an issue or two, just to keep Cole strung along, get him doing some shit that like he can be culpable for, as they really need to hit string him out to dry. As long as he gets to continue to investigate the the, the Starman Killer thing. So, but, um, so we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll do a quick little 15 minute, um, discussion here to end things. Uh, me and Charlie basically wanted to talk Marvel comics and why, you know, we're having difficulty at this point in juncture of jumping in to the storylines. And obviously Charlie's talked on other issues, uh, around the multiverse and so on and so forth about, you know, he, he's a huge X-Men fan. Um, I think I've highlighted countless times that I, I enjoy Spider-Man. You know, obviously I've played the game. I watched the movies, watched the shows. I've read the comics in the past. Um, we've actually covered Spider-Man, the, the most recent uh, series that wrapped up with J.J. Abrams. But there's something keeping us from diving in full, like head over heels into it. And I get it. Like you obviously listen to our our show. If if you're if you're a regular listener, you understand that we're DC guys. We like DC comics. We like DC movies, television, whatever. But yeah, that I doesn't. Mean, you can you can you can call us DC fanboys. Like it's it's fine. Like, yeah. You know we definitely have a preference there, but it's it's not a it's not a we're DC only, right? We're not yeah. we're not those those guys that are like oh it's DC or nothing like. No, we we enjoy both. It's just we prefer DC. It's like, do you like uh, do you like Coke or do you like Pepsi? And yeah. some people drink both. Some people prefer one to the other. Right? It is what it is. But um, for us, I think DC is more along our what what we enjoy. Yeah, and my thing is, is I, I you know, it, it's not even that I necessarily don't enjoy Marvel or whatever. It's just like, uh, you know, I tried to talk to people about it. I'm like, you know, and my comic shop owner that I'm, I'm good buddies with, it, you know, obviously I get my books from. He's like, you know, I think Marvel now more than ever is easier to just like pick up and read. And I'm like, well, how how is that the case? Because like, like, say I wanted to read an X-Men book right now. I got to read like nine different X-Men books. It's not like, yeah. it's not like we're like, you know, it's just an ongoing X-Men series where like every other, you know, like six issues, like a new story arc starts or whatever. Like DC's even doing that. Like, you know, like Batman right now, like they just finished Ghostmaker. You know what I mean? Like they just finished the, the Ghostmaker arc in, in Batman. So that was only six issues. Which is great. Like, if you were somebody that wanted to jump into Batman post-Joker Wars, yeah, there's a little bit of fallout from Joker Wars, right? They talk about it. They, they tease around it. They, you know, they kind of they play it up a little bit. But there's not enough of that that where, like, when you're reading the Ghostmaker, like, the Ghostmaker story arc was an entire arc in and of itself. It was separate from Joker Wars. Yes, he shows up in Gotham because of Joker Wars. He is there as a result of Joker. But they tell his whole origin story. They have it to the point that, like, at the end of it, he's now working with Batman. 
And like, that's my problem. I think I have with Marvel. Like when I talk to people who read Marvel religiously, I'm like, Oh, well, can I jump in like that, that, you know, that, that null or whatever, the, 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 the black, the, the symbiote, like whatever that guy is, he looks like a, you know, long haired, like Thor with venom or some shit. I don't even know his name. Scroll or whatever the hell his name is. I don't know. But he's been the big thing, right? The King in Black is 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 the big thing right now for them. And he's he's across like 20 different titles. And I'm like, well, that looks pretty cool. And like I ask a Marvel reader, I'm like, what do I have to read to get caught up? And they're like, oh, well, you've got to go back and read um these 30 issues of this book, and then you gotta read that book, and then you gotta read this one shot, and then you gotta go over here. It's no different than me with death metal, right? If somebody asked me, like, right. if I want to get caught up on death metal, Dark Knight's death metals, what do I have to read? And that was why I kind of gave, <laughs> I kind of gave some shit at the beginning of this issue to that person on Reddit who gave the review because I'm like, they haven't read ninety percent of the material you need to read to make death, Dark Knight's death metal work. You need to have read Snyder's Justice League run to understand some of the dynamics and shit that's going on. You have to read the tie-ins to Death Metal. Like, if you didn't read Justice League, what was like 53 through 56? There were three Death Metal tie-ins. They were basically Death Metal books that weren't Death Metal books. But it's one of those things where I've said, and I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. Not every comic book series is as simple just to pick up and read. And I think that's, unfortunately, continuity needs that. Like, you can't always just be able to pick something up and read it, right? Because it might not be as good, you know, if if a book is like every six issues restarting. But I do think, and me and you had this conversation, we both think that, DC would be better served if they did like, you know, with Batman and detectives comics, you should be able to take detective comics maybe and make it a six issue arc every six issues, every seven issues, every 10 issues, whatever it is, you restart it basically. You know what I mean? Batman moves on to the next story. Right. Where say the Batman story is this bigger universe. Does that make sense? Like, you know, what, like James, like basically what James is saying he wants to do throughout the year. He wants to make this bigger universe occur. So, like, that's the thing. Like, when I, when I think of Marvel Comics and I talk to people and I ask them, and I'm just like, okay, well, what can I get into? And like, somebody told me, hey, check out the, the Chip Sardesky Daredevil. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, can I, can you give me a starting point? Like, what, what issue? If you tell me to start at like issue two or one and like we're on issue 23, like I'm not going to do it. You're asking me to read, you know, you're asking me to read like 400 pages of comics just to get caught up on something that might not even be that great. Yeah. And, and like, see, that's, that's my thing. I think the, the last Marvel book that I was subscribed to is was like two years ago. And, um, well, actually, I was I was subscribed to X Men Gold, and then uh, what was it? Um, Blue, Punisher, and Daredevil. Okay, and those were the, the two books that I was uh, that I was into. And Punisher Daredevil was just you know like a six issue 
uh, story, and then it ended. Yeah. Um, X Men Gold. I I got I I went through the whole first year, and then you know like you needed to have X Men Blue, and then they did X Men Red, and then like I can't I can't jump from different thing to different thing. Like I just don't have that kind of time to commit to all of these stories for it to all make sense. Yeah, and it seems so like I, every time DC does a major event, Marvel does a major event. So we're doing Dark Knight Death Metals, and now we're doing King and Black. Like, they're getting ready to do Future State and Infinite Frontier, so I would assume the next Marvel event is coming down the pipe past King and Black. And, like, my whole thing is, is, like, if you're not reading certain series... Like, they've, they've kind of started to do it. Like I said, the Incredible Hulk book and this Iron Man book I just picked up, Iron Man restarted at number one, and it's fucking good. It's a really good book. Like, I'm going to continue to read it. And it's great art. Alex Ross is doing the fucking covers. Like, and then the same thing could be said about the Incredible Hulk books, which I think Alex Ross has also been doing covers for. So, if they're going to, like, meticulously, like, just reboot series and let, like, you know, people start over at number one, I'll pick the books up as they come. But, like, there's, like, me and Charlie, we said earlier, there's fucking 18 different Spider-Man books on shelves right now. And not a single one of them am I interested in reading at this point. And it's not because I don't like Spider-Man. I absolutely love Sp- He's probably my favorite Marvel superhero, which he is for a lot of people, I think. But I can't sit back and act like I'm super interested in what's going on. And everybody's like, oh, you should pick up Noir, or you should pick up the Miles Morales series, or you should pick up... I'm like, how about I just get a Peter Parker story from scratch where, like, it's new. And, you know, new new of the old, I should say. You know what I mean? Like, I want want a traditional Spider-Man story where it's... I don't even care if it's the same characters and bad guys that just rehashed stories. But... Just give me new art. Give me new visuals. Give me, you know, you can change it up. You can put bad guys that have never worked together together. Like, there's just so much that they could do. You know what I mean? And like I've said, like, just give me one series where it's a number one and, and let it move forward. And even if it's not very good, I'll probably stick with it because it'll probably be one of the only Marvel series I'm reading. I mean, that's what's happening right now with the with the Iron Man book. Like, if it got bad, I'd probably, all right. Well, I'm 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 only reading one Marvel series. Like, it's not really it's not cutting me too deep pocket wise to continue this. Um, so I don't know. I think you know my biggest problem isn't that Marvel doesn't have like an there's not an attractive here. There is, you know, I would love to read a, 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 so I actually have all uh, like the Marvel presents, uh, Moon Knight series. I have like one through 50 something, whatever the, the, the final issue was. And I read all those. I was a big fan of Moon Knight. Like I would love another Moon Knight series. I would love a good Punisher series, not the Punisher series they've been giving us. It's so funny to read the Punisher books that I was picking up at one point and then go read Deathstroke because they're the same fucking book. It's insane. (laughs) Like panel for panel, they're almost the same book, same art style, same like gritty, like, like some perfect example. They do like six panels in the middle panel in the top three panels is like a date with a time and a name. And you're like, 
This is so fucking ridiculous. I'm literally reading the same book, just two different characters. And like I read I read Deathstroke all the way up to its finale. And I, I was a big fan of Deathstroke. But I just couldn't get into that that version of Frank Castle. I just couldn't do it. I'm more of like the traditionalist with Frank Castle. He's out hunting bad guys. It seems like every Punisher story to this point that I've read, recent memory, has been like a flashback. Like him in the military or him doing this with with some other military buddy. And I'm like, at what point does he just throw the fucking Punisher logo on and just start bashing people's fucking skulls in? Like right now, he's kind of just running and evading and like... I think that's why, like, you know, when you talk to people about comic books, people never, ever deny the fact that DC Comics has better stories and better stay power with their characters than Marvel does. And I'm like, but why? If you take the, if you take the A roster from both sides, right, and let's, let's, just, let's just remove the Avengers as a team and go with the traditionalists, right? Let's go Spider-Man, X-Men, Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. Mm. I'd say of of all, like, that would probably be the big core. I'd maybe throw Fantastic Four. Yeah, I was just saying Fantastic Four is the one I was looking for. So you you take that roster, right? Just that, just them. There's enough there to compete with anything DC does print-wise, in my opinion. And my big problem I have is it seems like Marvel, at least publishing, is so focused on every IPO, every character that they have, that it's almost hurting their brand from a casual fan standpoint of somebody who immensely enjoyed the Marvel universe, cinematic universe. So somebody who's is, is head over heels in the DC comics. And I read, I go every, I go to a comic shop every week and walk right by the Marvel fucking shelf. The only time I look at it is when the new Iron Man books out. So when they came out and they, they, they did this whole cinematic universe, there was probably never a time better for them to get me the casual Marvel fan, but the avid comic reader to fall back in love with Marvel comics, but they just didn't. They didn't take advantage of that time period, in my opinion, and they're still not really doing it because if they were, you would have more series restarting recently. You know what I mean? Like you would have, you they tried stuff, right? They tried that you're hearing the whole MCU run. Like they tried with Captain America. But, you know, then they made an agent, and that didn't really work. They made um, Sam Wilson, uh, you know, they made Falcon, the Captain, you know, the new Captain America. Yeah. And they, it didn't work, right? So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think Marvel was more focused, well, Marvel, Disney was more focused on putting butts eats versus getting people to pick up the comics and like you and I've had a discussion before you know like this doesn't seem to be there for these places even though that's where the source material is coming from they'd rather just make these motion pictures and television shows versus focus on the thing that 
make those possible. Yeah. But my thing is, is like, at what point, like, like you were saying, like they, they, they did cap turning into a bad guy and making him a Hydra agent. And then they did Sam Wilson as Captain America, which is fine. And they, they didn't, they didn't last or didn't work very well. Wasn't they were weren't good ideas in premise, like making Captain America a bad guy is the ultimate like Hollywood Hogan moment for them. But at the end of the day, like it didn't work. Like at what point like do you new fifty two yourself and be like, Okay, we're doing way too fucking much. There's too much material on the shelf. I can't imagine they're selling everything extremely well. Do what they did with rebirth in DC. Harken back to the shit that actually people are accustomed to that they that you know sells well and do that just do that because you know what it's funny though that gets lost with the whole rebirth thing deathstroke didn't change from new 52 like i read so i read deathstroke from number one all the way through the end of new 52 to the start of Rebirth all the way through its end and its actual end in Rebirth. That book is written the same exact way from New 52 all the way through to, to the end of its run in Rebirth. You could do the same thing with books that are currently working in the Marvel Universe and just make them, if they're working for you now, just continue to do the same thing moving forward, right? So, like, perfect example, the Incredible Hulk book, is, it, it's selling really well. Actually, I think my comic shops said it was the number one book for them throughout the year and pretty much all, uh, the latter part of 2019 as well. So my thing is, is if that book is selling so well and doing well across the country, just don't change that book. Be like, well, clearly this book's working. We're going to keep doing what we're doing in here. But we'll we'll reboot the rest of the characters back to what you know. Peter chasing Mary Jane, Spider-Man getting into his crazy hijinks, like that type of stuff, you know. The X-Men, you know, Scott and Logan arguing over fucking Jean Grey and her turning into the Phoenix and doing all the crazy shit she does. Like just the normal stuff that everybody has always loved about these characters. Just bring that stuff back. Why is it so hard? You know, like, okay, like, I don't know if there's a a massive following for the female Thor. I really don't. But I know everybody likes Thor. Like, we know that. So if that's the case, then just make it, bring back Thor. Have him fight fucking Loki. Like, it's really not that hard. Yes, has it been done before? Yes. Will you need to build off of that and continue to do newer things moving forward? Sure. But there's no fucking reason you can't go back to what worked for you for like a month or two to increase your sales, increase your buzz and your interest, and then start to slow roll into some of this more progressive, more like new age stuff that you want to get done. Because look what's happening right now. We had Rebirth, what, two years ago. We're getting a whole nother fucking you know, catalyst event into a new universe, basically, with Infinite Frontier. Is it going to work? Who the fuck knows? Are they going to change a whole bunch of shit and make things crazy like they did in New 52? Maybe they are. But we don't know. But you know what it's done? It's created a tremendous amount of buzz. And according, at least according to my shop owner, they're saying that order numbers for the new um, Frontier or the Infinite Frontier shit is apparently pretty high. 
Like to the point that like DC like isn't really even advertising it, and even they're impressed with the numbers they're seeing. So I don't know. I think you know. I think Marvel is 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 a is a great brand. I think they have done such a tremendous job with their movies and their television and stuff like that. I'm just hoping that at some point they give casual fans like myself, like Charlie, like if there's a character that we all see, like maybe we'll get lucky enough that we'll be able to read a book from start to finish for them. You know what I mean? Like I'm already doing that with Iron Man. So at the end of the day, like maybe we'll get, we'll get something else out of it. I don't know. Um, Cause nothing's keeping me from reading Marvel. Like, it's not like I hate Marvel. I'm not one of those people that like come on here that will come on here and absolutely trash Marvel. I think they do a lot well. I just think that their print is is lackluster, and it, it it has been for a better part. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's some really good stories going on right now, and I just didn't take the interest in in reading them early enough on. But at, at this point, it's like it's fuck, it's too late. I would love to read this King and Black thing. I'm sure it's super interesting. But at the same time, like, how far back do I have to go to, like, get to the beginning of this storyline? Because I know they did that whole, like, venomized thing, and that's where this came from. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, when they did the venomized thing, it was basically everybody. It was basically, like, the that was their, the, the venomized universe was the response to the Dark Knight's universe when Batman became a bad guy, and he was a bad guy for every superhero. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you're a Marvel fan, explain to us where we should start. <laughs> if if we want right. to jump in and we want to read some books, explain to where we should start or if, if, if there's something we should be looking forward for, so to speak. Like, do we, do we, is there, is there an event and is there an end in sight to some of these series where they're going to reboot and restart? Like, if we're not a fan of the Spider-Man suit coming up, but if, if that's the start of a new Spider-Man story, is that where we pick up and just deal with the suit? We don't know. We're DC guys. And to be honest with you, I really don't feel like doing the Marvel research. Um, right. We're, we're plenty of informative on here. We've done the DC research for you. If you're interested in new stories, starting this week coming up, we have all future state titles starting to be published. Past Future State in March, you're going to get a whole new slew of books. Picking up where some of the stories have left off at this point before Future State, but some of the books are completely jumping and restarting and telling new stories. Um, but uh, so next week's issue, we will, we might delay next week's issue because I might give us some time to actually read not only Dark Knight's Death Metal's number seven, but some of the future state stuff, and we'll cover that. Um, obviously, we did a delayed issue this week because of um, the holidays and getting caught up on our personal lives, but I think potentially we could actually benefit from delaying next week's because this week's uh, pool was so small. I think I only ended up getting four books total for the week. Um, and nothing of real substance or substantial. Um, I do know the Batman annual this week was the Clown Hunter origin story. Um, so we may cover that next week. Um, but we will be back tomorrow on Friday as well with our Around the Multiverse issue uh, where we will cover Supernatural, Wonder Woman, Mandalorian, and all the news from around the pop culture multiverse. Um, yep. 
If you have not already, give us a follow on social media at uh, DGI Podcast for all major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and like we said in our last issue yesterday um, for our Inside the Ropes issue. And I also wanted to touch on something from Inside the Ropes if you're a multi-issue listener. Uh, we apologize. Last night was not New Year's evil for WWE NXT. Um, last night was just a normal NXT. Next week is New Year's Evil. Um, so uh, we'll have more coverage on that in the next week or two. Um, but, yeah, so if you haven't done so already, give us a follow. Um, give us a shout-out. Like we mentioned on the last issue, give us a review. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to, um, what you like about the show, what you dislike about the show. We Moving into 2021, we want to improve our listeners' um, experience. Um, anything on your end, Charlie? Uh, no, nothing here, man. All right. Well, then let's, uh, let's wrap up this issue then. All right, man. Go ahead and I'll use it.